0: Fame and wealth, my guru used to say, are like prostitutes, loyal to no man. In the end, those two goals, though all but universal, bring only disappointment. If fame comes unsought, owing to some past karma, I hesitate to call that karma good, use it for the benefit of others, rather than to bolster your own pride. Fame can be a means of reaching many people, and of helping them, but never glory in it. Whether well-known or unknown, you are the same person. It is easier to be yourself, however, if you are unburdened by anyone's expectations of you. Be natural to all, open to their interests, and respectful of their opinions. You know, fame and wealth, both, money and fame, are certainly way up there in the in the sky of uh, things that people crave. I was trying to think sort of how they go together and what they mean. I've recently been thinking about money in that context. And, you know, the main reason that people want money is, I mean, there's many reasons why people want money, but one of the reasons people want money is they think that money will give them power. It will either give them power over other people, power over circumstances, power over their own insecurities, um, you know, power in, power in the world to be able to get what you want and make people do what you want. And thinking about it, fame actually has a little bit of the same ring to it, and that's kind of where Swami takes it. Fame can be a means of reaching many people. It has it gives you a platform to communicate, and therefore you can become powerful because you'll be influential. So part of the reason people want to be famous, I mean, famous, you can think of many. Including just to validate a sense of self-worth, um, to be important to somebody, to be able to get back at people who said you'd never mount anything. But I do also think it, it's also related to power. I, I I've known people with ambitions that would lead them to renown who often talk about and, and when I'm famous, I'll use my fame for good causes. And you see people doing that. Um, And as Swami, that's the one thing that he does say there. If you do become known, then you suddenly are, you are able to influence, and then you have to think carefully about how you use that influence. It's a, there's a lot of tricky stuff that goes on in this world. I've, I'm thinking specifically about money as power and fame as power. I think it's one of the um, just primary issues in in a long cycle of incarnations that people have to work out, which is their relation to power. Because sometimes when people have power, whether it's money or fame that's given it to them, or, or, you know, sheer force of personality through politics or some other means that have given you power, and there's the temptation to use it for self-aggrandizement, to use it because you want to hurt other people. We... We, Ananda, were uh, in, forced into, um, we were subject to this very, very unscrupulous attorney who was hired by people who were trying to discredit Ananda. We went through many years of litigation in that effort, which self evidently did not succeed because we're all still here. But he was, uh, well, Swami called him the closest thing to the personification of evil that we're likely to find to meet in this lifetime, which was a pretty strong statement. And the man himself kind of reveled in being insulted. It, it, it made him feel powerful. So he challenged Swami, you know, why did you say that? And Swami's response was, you enjoy hurting people, he said. He said, I don't know what you're like in your private life, but in your public life as an attorney, he said, you're a sadist. He said, I believe you became an attorney because it gave you license to hurt people. I mean, Swami doesn't usually say stuff like that, so it it was pretty stunning. But it got me thinking about power, and how all the different ways that people use it. And people do. I mean, the dark side, the shadow side of people, they want to have power over people. And then the other side of power is that we feel victimized. We feel powerless. And so we struggle, you know, against believing that and then sometimes it's true that people do have power over us. They have emotional power, economic power, or who knows, many different kinds. And so we we sort of work through all these different relationships to these forces. And, you know, many of the suggestions in this book are all about basing our life in principle and having the strength to stand by those principles no matter what happens. And a great deal of what Swami's talking about is actually the proper understanding of power. Where does power really come from? And uh, power comes from uh, the divine source when we align ourselves with the highest truths. And everything else may give us power for a time, but sooner or later it eludes us. This is master statement. Fame and power are like prostitutes. They're, they're completely with you while they're with you, but as soon as you're, you know, they'll just as easily go away to the next customer. I mean, I'm not really talking about sexuality or women or men in that role. I'm talking about the principle of it, that they're for hire to the highest bidder and that there's no actual, there's no there there that you can really hold on to because death alone will, will just take it away from you. You can be the wealthiest person in the world and the most famous and when you're gone, you're gone. And when you go to the astral world, as Swami has often joked, the angels don't sort of whisper behind their hands, ooh, look who's coming, you know. They're not excited because a celebrity has died and now he's in heaven. I mean, it's just nothing. You're absolutely nothing in that world. And money means even less. All you have is your character. And you know, when, when, we're, when we're in the astral world, um, I was in Israel a number of times. I was in Israel three times over a 12-month period. And with my Jewish heritage, I was very interested in Israel as a country. And also with my devotion to Jesus, I was very interested in Israel as the homeland of Jesus. So I had a lot of reasons for being interested there. And you can't be in Israel without thinking of the historical plight of the Jews and the more recent plight in the Second World War. And then the incredible chaos that's going there right now with all the tensions and the cross currents of hatred so it's just trying to get a handle on it and my understanding of reincarnation goes something like this where we're in the astral world we have progressed a certain distance in one lifetime in the, the most recent lifetime we have a karmic pattern in our chakras then that karmic pattern is is unlearned lessons you know what's left what don't i what do i not know at this time about my bliss nature about my my true divine self my state of god realization and whatever unlearned lessons there are that still have to be balanced i will have to go back into a material world somewhere a physical world somewhere that will align with what i don't presently know I mean, this is the law of karma, which is very challenging. It's very easy to accept it when everything aligns in some way that doesn't uh, doesn't contradict our egoic ideas about the world. But it's very hard to align with it when, when you see what appears to be terrible injustice. And when you either are the recipient or the observer of terrible injustice, it's very hard to remember that everything about this pattern is exactly as it's meant to be, that there's no jiva in any one of those bodies, there's no individual soul in any one of those bodies that didn't choose that moment for its own potential for positive growth. No matter how horrid the circumstances, I'm not saying that not, I mean, woe be unto he who is the instigator of those terrible circumstances, Who? who is being given the karmic opportunity to choose between kindness and compassion and sadism and evil it's a it's an opportunity it's a it's an opportunity for growth that is being trampled into the dust and such a person is setting himself up to be the recipient of the misuse of power now everybody who's the recipient of the misuse of power you have to understand is not necessarily being punished and is not necessarily just, or even at all, receiving what they dished out. It may be, in fact, a very challenging opportunity that 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 person has embraced to triumph over very difficult circumstances, to face certain fears, to transform um, what appears to be a negative into a positive. But the unique conditions are suited for that person, so there are implications that I will just say, frankly, are very difficult in certain circumstances to really get your mind around. So I won't insist. I'm just saying that that's the way the karmic law works. And so there are conditions, not only on planet Earth. Planet Earth is just, Yogananda said, one of many material worlds that we have to choose from. And we don't always come back to the same planet. But all through the physical universe, um, there are situations... Where you, where you have victimized minorities, oppressed minorities, you have powerful oppressors, you have, you know, humble, peaceful, loving people, you have brilliant scientists, you have great musicians, you have privileged, underprivileged, it's just, it's all over. And before we incarnate in a body, we vibrate within our karmic system, and we have all these unlearned lessons, and there's some kind of a divine metaphysics that I couldn't begin to unravel, where certain lessons are at the surface. And those certain lessons will magnetize us precisely into what we need, you know. Um, Swami once, you know, it's it's like, and we, we, we ping-pong a lot, you know, th- with love and hate. Somebody you have a lifetime when somebody takes tremendous advantage of you and you die wanting revenge. And so the next lifetime you get to take tremendous advantage of them. And then they die wanting revenge on you. And then you do this back and forth. Swami talks about a dream he had where he lived through multiple incarnations and he and this other man just kept trading places. And finally Swami said, I forgive you. It's enough. It's like, I just don't need to do this anymore. We just don't need to keep trading. I I stop." Whether the other man, man then had to act it out with someone else was was not Swami's issue. So wherever we find ourselves, this is this is the key to happiness. Wherever we find ourselves, we have to just ask ourselves, you know, what can I? Why am I here? And and what is happening to me that is less than perfect bliss? And and what could have brought me to this situation? And then of course. What is the right response that will get me out of this? It's very it's it's not simple. These are very deep meditations and they take a level of honest introspection. And the mere fact that we pursue something even like money and fame it's it's those desires oftentimes are the impelling force of karma itself which is I'm driven to become wealthy I'm driven to become famous to accomplish something that will give me fame, because that's the only way that these karmic lessons can be learned. So our desires are not our enemies, and our ambitions are not our enemies. We just need, and because also in the in the process of accomplishing those things that we are driven to accomplish, we also have to master the limitations of our own character. So the thing may not turn out to be in itself all that important, but the skills that we develop and the self-mastery that we develop, because of our compelling desire to accomplish it, that we take with us, and that may be the most important thing. So we have to have we have to kind of flow with life, but the whole time we're doing it, the question has to be, what can I learn? How can I expand? How can I become a better person? Um How can I uh, see my faults and overcome them? How can I be of service to others? Things in themselves are neutral. It just depends on whether we use them to expand our consciousness and benefit others, or to contract our consciousness and and selfishly indulge. That's about what we have to deal with. So, Swami says, fame and wealth, my guru used to say, are like prostitutes, loyal to no man. In the end, those two goals, though all but universal, bring only disappointment. If fame comes unsought owing to some past karma, I hesitate to call that karma good, use it for the benefit of others rather than to bolster your own pride. Fame can be a means of reaching many people and of helping them, but never glory in it. Whether well-known or unknown, you are the same person. It is easier to be yourself, however, if you are unburdened by anyone's expectations of you. Be natural to all, open to their interests, and respectful of their opinions. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.